What is up, everybody? I'm back with another edition of the Macro Insights Podcast, where I'm joined by Traders Retreat. So if you've seen him on Twitter, you know he's a trader. You know he's excellent with charts and kind of telling about what is going on on the day-to-day. But we have an interesting conversation on how traders look at the overall macro, uncontrollable events, and and much, much more. And we kind of take a dive, uh, a little unique episode, not usually what I bring to you guys, but I think traders bring a great perspective. So be sure to tune in and check out everything he's got going on. And ladies and gents, this is not financial advice and should never, never, never be taken as financial advice. Everything you hear in this podcast is strictly the opinion of myself and traders. So on that note, let's get into the episode. Whoosh. What is up, everybody? I'm back with another edition of the Macro Insights Podcast. And for everybody listening on those podcasting 2.0 apps like Fountain, I appreciate you streaming me sats. But I've got a very special guest. He's in the waiting room down here. I got Traders Retreat, also known as Alex. So, I mean, uh, uh, man, how you doing today? Uh, I see you got the Bass Pro Shops hoodie on. You're, you're comfortable. You're sitting back, relaxing. How you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I don't do many podcasts. You know, I'll, I'll have discussions on spaces all day. So this is a little bit different, but I appreciate the invite, man. That's uh, it's going to be fun. You know, I think we've uh, kicked it off pretty well already. So, yeah, exactly. We were talking a little bit pre-show, but uh, we didn't get into this yet. So tell me a little bit about your background, uh, you know, how you kind of decided to start putting out some trading uh, stuff and how you got into trading in general. Yeah, sure. I um, so you know I have I don't I haven't been trading uh, as long as a lot of people that I interact with, right? Um, so basically, in 2018, uh, I you know I had a couple buddies that uh, you know I knew they were they're trading options. I didn't know much about it, right? 2019, I, I one of my friends actually moved down, stayed with my my wife and and myself. He uh, had a had a pretty bad split, you know, uh, with his his fiance at the time. Uh, long story short, right? I started paying attention to what he, you know, what he was doing and, uh, and a group that he was involved in. And it became clear all of a sudden that like my concept of what, um, you know, what trading and investing and just the stock market in general, like what that was, was so far from, uh, from the truth, right? Or at least, you know, my, my perspective was so skewed. So, you know, I, in 2019, I really, you know, I started to dive in, um, you know, I, I took my time. I was lucky enough to get introduced, uh, you know, to the market with using supply and demand. You know, focusing on on areas of uh, areas of, uh, of imbalance, right? Obviously, that's what supply and demand is, and uh, and managing risk, right? So that's one of the biggest things. The um, I feel like a lot of people don't get that that start. You know, they uh, they get into it with a lot of hype. Um, you know, without really thinking about the downside or at least how to manage that in real time. And uh, long story short, like, so I, I think I had a good beginning. Obviously, 2020 hit, right? And that was a blessing and a curse in a sense, kind of put my, you know, put me in fast forward. Um, I, you know, my, my history going back a little bit, I was a contractor and people who come to this, you know, that tune into the spaces, they, they've heard me talk about this, of course. But, um, you know, I was a building contractor. Um, you know, I have a family, I have three kids, 
um, and, and I was, you know, I was around the, the company was doing fine, you know, it was good, but, um, but you just get sick of doing that stuff. Right. So I, with 2020, right. And the kids coming home from school, um, you know, and I, and I lived down in South Florida, so <clears throat> it wasn't as bad as it was elsewhere, but still kids are coming home from school. Uh, somebody needs to be there or be around, you know, my wife works from home, but she's, she's busy working. So we, uh, you know, I, it made sense to kind of take that leap. Um, by the time, you know, I, I guess it was 2000. Yeah. But you know, 2019, I was starting to make some money and then 2020 hit. Um, and I, you know, I actually, you know, I went through a lot of lessons with that and just grew. What I found though, is that so many people came into the market, right. That didn't have any experience with risk management and much less supply and demand. I mean, there are a lot of traders who want to, you know, talk about supply and demand. Um, I have a strategy that I've, I've developed. That's not even, it's not like a big secret. That's mine, right? <clears throat> the zones I was taught, uh, you know, like I said, when I kind of get introduced, you know, building zones and we'll, we'll, I'll show some charts here and people that follow me on Twitter, uh, obviously I, I post a ton of charts, but, um, but the other part of it is, uh, you know, is the, is the risk management and really like understanding the psychology part, right? The psychological uh, kind of turmoil that we go through when we're, when we're trading. And again, even if you're, you know, longer term trades, right? I do a lot of short term trading. Um, I do swing trading, um, you know, and I, I obviously I invest, although right now, because of the time that I got into the market, um, you know, all my long term, I say my long terms, they didn't last very long because <clears throat> everything started to come down my entries. You know, it's not like I got entries back in 2015 um, and that, uh, you know, 2012 or whatever. Right. And uh, so I'm, I'm like, Hey, I'm ready to get back in eventually here, you know, <laughs> but um, so, you know, my focus lately has been a lot of day trading, um, a lot of, you know, swing trading we're getting back into, but um, yeah, I want, you know, I started spaces. Um, I'd always, you know, I kind of got back into Twitter, a year ago, I got a year and a half ago now, <clears throat> a year ago from last spring. And I didn't realize how big FinTwit was, man. I got to be honest. It was, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of Twitter just for social. I'm not a big fan of social media. Like I'm not, you know, I, I'm on Facebook to, to buy stuff on Marketplace, uh, you know, I, whatever. Right. Uh, but got into FinTwit, got into the financial side of Twitter. And I'm like, hey, there's some really, really, you know, good, great resources, some really good opportunities here to talk with people and just discuss, you know, things that you can't talk to anyone else about. I mean, I, besides my buddy that's in real life, right. He does still live in Florida, but you know, I don't talk to him that often. Uh, but there's no, you know, it's not, no one else understands, you know, looking at investing. I mean, some people understand looking at charts a little bit and looking at companies, but man, nothing like what we find on, uh, on the spaces scene or inside of Twitter. Um, so I was really happy to find that. And that kind of took off, man. I found, you know, I started posting charts. Um, I had had, so yeah, I had had a chat. I left the old, I left the mentorship. Um, a group of us did because things changed at that mentorship. Right. And I don't spit any names out. People that, you know, I talked to closely know, know who, who it, it is and whatnot, but the mentality changed. The, I don't know. The whole atmosphere changed. It went kind of away from risk management. Um, and that and that's okay, you know. Whatever the case is, we we actually started a a private group, right? A private Discord, um, just you know. And again, it was just like friends, right? It was literally a small group, um, and that kind of built. So when I got into when I got into FinTwit, <laughs> I uh, you know I already had like this. We already had a group of friends, 
you know, people kind of were going, you know, they would kind of come and go as needed. And I just kind of transferred that over to, um, you know, I already had Traders Retreat. That's what we called it. Um, you know, it seemed like a cool name. You know, it makes sense or whatever. The idea was just to be able to get away from the BS, you know, and, uh, and, and discuss charts and discuss, you know, whatever our opinions. And uh, so that's kind of transitioned into Twitter. And the spaces, you know, started streaming. Um, I, you know, I, I would hop into spaces. Uh, you know, I'll chat a little bit, talk about my trades. Uh, you know, I do, I've, I've done very well with the day trading and the, you know, the short, the short term trades. Um, you know, the volatility and the strategy that I like to implement is, uh, you know, it, it thrives in a situation like this. I mean, there's risk, but the key is to, you know, is to really, uh, in my mind, you know, conquer that FOMO hype, you know, BS like all of that, like if you can put a cap on that and understand like just how to trade the charts and, you know, and, and again, macro comes into a big, I've learned more in the last year. Um, I look, you know, about, about the macro scene and, you know, paying attention to the Fed. I've always understood like fundamentals. That was one of the things that I learned right from the beginning, you know, um, you know, kind of digging into the, the guts of a company. But looking back over the last year, I'm like, we should have all seen this coming with the Fed. So... That's, I know it's a little longer uh, spiel there, but um, that's kind of where it's led up. You know, I can go into more detail about, you know, what FinTwit, you know, what, what's kind of evolved on Twitter. Um, but, you know, let's, I'll, I'll stop there and see what questions you have. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it's great. And I, I agree with you. You know, you get access to so many different, you know, brilliant minds on FinTwit and just kind of the way it's blown up. And to be honest, I think, a big reason why it blew up is, you know, it was pre-spaces even. I think just the, the COVID kind of crash just had people cooped up at home a little bit more. And so they decided to, you know, go through the share of information. And I think a lot of that kind of gained popularity when it came to the Reddit, Wall Street bets, that kind of stuff. You know, people were just kind of sharing ideas back and forth. Uh, but now I think it's, you know, it's, if Twitter even seems to be embracing it with like ticker symbols. Now, if you search it, you can see the the latest stock chart and, and everything like that. So I think, you know, one, it was people kind of being cooped up at home. And then two, like Twitter's now kind of recognizing like, hey, we've got a pretty big, uh, you know, audience here that, that it's like that. And, and it is like amazing, right? We'll get people on spaces that, you know, that the night before they're on Twitter spaces with us. And then the next morning they're on CNBC talking to, you know, on, on all that stuff. So it is, it is really cool. And you learn a lot from these people, but you know, I want to take it back to, uh, yeah. I'll let you get to that in a second, but um, you said you started in like 2018. So you had a very short period of time that you kind of like got into this trading and started <laughs> to learn before this COVID crash and a bunch of this macro stuff. So why don't you dive a little bit more into that and tell us like, you know, all about that experience as to, you know, learning uh, basically as, as you're going in a lot of uncertainty in the market. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah. So, and I laugh about it because I, I, it was kind of, um, you know, it, it was just, it was such a, uh, such a 180 from, you know, taking my time learning to like read charts and, you know, understand like how to, you know, just the order process. Right. And then getting into options. Um, although that was kind of a step by step process. Uh, you know, I did, I, I, 
I ended up like I got the basics kind of, and then I ended up doing a whole bunch of research afterwards. So I learned, you know, I kind of taught myself on the options to a degree. I mean, you know, you're always getting information, but, but yeah, man. So I remember, um, you know, the Thursday before, you know, we knew <clears throat> there's a couple of things that were happening. We knew, you know, from the inside of the group I was in, you know, we knew that uh, from the price action, we were not that we were coming up to a top, but just that things didn't look right. Okay. I remember uh, people saying, you know, like this is, it's just, it's very flat. Um, it long, you know, so what I, one of the plays that I got in were Roku puts. Um, that was the Thursday before, before we rolled over that weekend. And obviously I, I remember, uh, you know, I don't remember the exact details, but Friday, uh, you know, Friday when the market opened, they were up, you know, pretty damn well and ended up swinging them over the weekend. And uh, by Monday, I mean, they had exploded. So, and that's, that's one of those things that's like a gift and a curse, um, but it is a gift, right? Because it literally, I mean, I, I forget what it was. I think I had like, you know, maybe $500 in, in uh, Roku puts and it turned into over 12 grand, right? I think it was, actually, I think it was like 14,000, um, which was insane, right? I mean, that's just absolutely, I mean, it blew my mind. So now at the time I, you know, I understood the risk part of options. I understood like they, you know, by that point I knew that like they could rip up and rip down. Like you can, you know, that wasn't, that was not normal. Um, but what I didn't, you know, it happened so fast, man, it kind of threw me, uh, it's like, um, it's like, you know, learning how to ski, like water ski, you know, you just kind of have to get out there and do it right. You're going to fall down on your face a few times and then eventually you're, you're you learn to like pull yourself up and you're good to go. Right. Um, and that's how I remember the COVID crash, man. I mean, it was, nobody anticipated, at least in my circles, right, something that drastic. Um, you know, looking back, there was lots of signs and signals, but on the way down, I remember getting to the bottom, um, you know, and fighting that on the way up. I mean, it was such a, it, such a pain. It was, uh, it was frustrating, man. I mean, I remember giving back, mo you know, definitely, a, um, you know, I've given back tons of money uh, in the beginning, especially even through 2000, the beginning of 2019 um, was, you know, there were enough opportunities with that. Luckily, there were some really big events. And that's something um, that's something that I learned, right, that I understand about the market. And I understand, you know, I, I also wanted to put a caveat that I know that the market, this is not necessarily a traditional market. I am kind of of the opinion that the market volatility, like the market has shifted and we see signs of that because they've created zero DTs, you know, uh, five days a week, um, you know, done on SPY, QQQ, SPX, you know, there's, there's, there are even brokers, you know, doing these event, uh, event trades, right. Where you can, I mean, it's, it's, it's legit gambling. Basically you're just betting on, you know, yes or no. Right. Like is, is the market go up or market go down uh, after an event? Um, you see a lot of that happening. So I do think the parameters are changing and who knows how long that'll last. So I just want to throw that out there because I do understand the old, you know, this is not traditional, but um, what became very clear was catching the events. And uh, one of the trades that I did not catch, uh, but I saw at, you know, kind of afterwards and happening, you know, while the COVID crash came down was the, uh, the TLT chart, right? So TLT exploded to the upside and it had done it. It had actually exploded previously as well, but not on the same scale, but still at the time it was, it was huge. Um, and it became clear between that. And I guess as Tesla started to grow, you know, that was, that was definitely getting hyped. A lot of, I mean, a lot of companies were, were blasting upward after we bottomed out. Um, 
but I, it became clear that like where the money was at, where the, you know, where the, you still, you know, it was to focus on these events and to not burn, you know, like they say, yeah, leave yourself some dry powder, right? Like, don't go chasing this crap that, you know, when it seemed like every few weeks there was going to be an event. Um, and that was kind of my mentality. So I would, I would trade, I would preserve capital. Um, and then I would, you know, as an, I would, I would be in the markets. That's one thing that I have to say, very difficult to catch these events because you can't come up. I mean, right now we're, we're doing things like data releases, FOMC, right? CPI, um, uh, that that's a little bit different because there is a, a, a calendar for that, but you don't know when Tesla's going to say, Hey, we're going to split, right? <clears throat> um, you don't know when, when, you know, something, some news is going to come out. Um, and what I, the kind of, I, I got focused on those events and, um, while using, you know, while using the, the way that I chart on, you know, the way that I build zones and look for supply and demand, um, it kind of became clear that it's like, look, I can find areas on the chart almost all the time. Um, you know, nothing's perfect, obviously, but I can find areas that price, I mean, will eventually go to. And it's, you know, it's kind of like saying, Hey, here's a gap, you know, it might fill the gap. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I do understand it plays out. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm aware enough to, uh, you know, to at least recognize it. But when I build, you know, I see these imbalances and I found that it's like, look, you know, I don't know when price is going to move there exactly. You know, I can get an idea, but, uh, but I, I can see kind of the area and the key is to wait for, you know, wait for, I say an event, quote unquote, um, and it, you know, to come around and then basically it'll move price, you, you know, up or down to, you know, to that level. And that's, you know, that's where these great entries are, uh, the great swing trades, man. And, and that, that started, that kind of set me in motion to, um, I don't know, how do I put it like that? It started to play out, started to work. Right. Um, and I knew the zones worked anyways. They're, they're pretty straightforward. Uh, and we can go over that at, at some point here. I can show you some examples, but, um, you know, so what happened, you know, that, that I'm going beyond your question of, uh, of just, uh, you know, the COVID situation, but I will say that my learning curve was, was parabolic, but it was probably a good thing. And I, and I mean, look, I, I found out very quickly that I really enjoyed trading. Like I like the challenge. Um, you know, there's something about it. I've always been, you know, I was a business owner. I own my own business. Um, so I was always kind of like, you know, you have to have that entrepreneurial like spirit to where it's like, I have to work through my own issues. Not many people are there. You know, no one's going to really tell you what to do. Um, you got to figure out your problems, but there's freedom that's involved with that. Right. So that's, and, and trading like fits, you know, in, trading the markets, you know, and watching it day to day, week to week is literally, uh, it's, it's kind of like the, the epitome or the threshold of that, in my opinion, because it offers, you know, I don't want to say unlimited gains, but it offers incredible rewards. Right. Um, and, you know, it offers incredible freedom. You can literally do it from, you know, from your phone if you want to. So um, that's kind of what, you know, it, it just like it kind of skyrocketed and I got deeper, I got more interested. Uh, you know, my wife became, you know, she, she realized pretty quickly that it was, uh, it was definitely like where I was, I was going to stick with it and, and go with it. So, you know, it was, it was cool. It's pretty interesting. Uh, it's been an interesting last, you know, few years. I mean, that's the thing I tell people, I'm always learning, right? I mean, there's so much stuff that I can, I can continue to learn, but what I am really good at is kind of ignoring the BS, right? Uh, spotting, you know, it's kind of like reading people, right? If you're a type of person, you can go into a room and you can kind of understand like what the mood is and like who's maybe, you know, good to talk to and who's not, who's in a bad mood. Um, 
you know, that you put that same, you push that same, uh, the same system kind of forward into the market with the news, uh, you know, the, the mainstream media, the stuff on Twitter, um, you know, I mean, just everything, even in spaces, right? A lot of people have opinions. And uh, although I'll tell you what, what you said, and, I, and I'll, I'll let you go after this, but uh, what you said about being on spaces and how like one time, at one minute, you know, the night before we're talking on spaces, the next, you know, next morning they're on CNBC or they're, they're at their office at a hedge fund, right? Or that, you know, and it's just the insight is incredible. I mean, I, I remember thinking when, when spaces kind of, that's what pushed me back into Twitter with the spaces. Uh, it really got me, you know, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And to have access to people who, I don't even know if you could pay for that access, right? You could pay for a service, but there's no way you're going to get a group from, from all over the place, um, from multiple hedge funds, from multiple angles, just all in, you know, in a, on a, a voice call, you know? So I'm hoping Elon Musk, uh, you know, whatever happens with Twitter, whatever your view on Elon is, I hope that Twitter can capitalize on the interest in spaces as well as, you know, adding some video, just kind of like tuning it up, right? Because I think Twitter has huge potential and it's not just in the, uh, it's not just in the financial markets, but I mean, that, that'd be enough, I think. It's huge, you know what I mean? Like if they, if that was their focus for the next uh, two years, I think, you know, they might actually have a chance of uh, surviving, so. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that that's, you know, a big part of that was Clubhouse, right? So Clubhouse gained a bunch of popularity in 2020. And then, uh, and then now Twitter spaces is kind of the move. And it seems like everybody's kind of moving over there because are over to Twitter spaces, because there's just such, you know, bigger following more people, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's gonna that trends kind of continuing. And I'm seeing spaces get bigger and bigger. I mean, I started doing the spaces as soon as they came out when I was able to do it. I think it was like November 21. So I've been doing it for like a year and a couple months now. And, uh, you know, before it was like, all right, you get 100 people in a space. That's a huge deal. Now I'm seeing spaces like 7,000 people going oh, yeah. and, and things like that. So, I mean, it's definitely growing on the platform. And I think more people are, are aware of it, to say the least. Um, and, you know, you get to learn for free, like you're saying, from all these people that have been doing it for a very long time. Um, you know, I had Dr. Anas Haji on a space last night, uh, just going into the oil field. And he's, you know, a keynote speaker that people pay him like thousands of dollars to come, at, come yeah, and speak exactly. at conferences and stuff like that. So, um, you know, obviously, I, I don't know his rate or anything like that. I'm just making assumptions at this point. But right. Um, but he, he's, yeah. he's worth paying. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. yeah. And, and here he is hanging out on spaces. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's great. So, uh, but let's, let's get into, uh, I guess, a little bit about your, the macro view, because I know you say you don't really break down the macro, but you're kind of in the weeds, right? Well, like every single day, day trading and other things like that. And, you know, like you mentioned, some of these things, they have a schedule, some of them, they don't, whether it's like, you know, Tesla doing a stock split or something like that. But, you know, do you, how do you view the overall macro? And like, because some days, you know, the, the macro, whether it's yeah, CPI being higher than expected um, or something like that, it will shoot almost the entire market kind of down, right? So how do you kind of prepare for those things and just, uh, I guess, view some of these events? And I see you kind um, of playing with some of these charts here. Do you want me to pull up the chart? Uh, yeah, you can. Um, yeah, why not, right? And then, uh, sorry, I'm trying to get it going. Yeah, um, I, I just, what I wanted to point out here, I mean, the zones aside, 
the macro view is always, and that's what I found this year. The macro view is extremely important. Um, you know, it's always in play. Intraday, you know, I you still need to have levels. Obviously, price, you know, I mean, SPX can shoot up, you know, two, three percent, come, you know, or you know, make a make a three percent round trip. Um, obviously, even more than that at times. But uh, but at the end of the day, what like my macro view is. Uh, it's always in play, and that's, I mean, you look at this, right? This ignore, Even if you ignore the zones, you just look. I mean, everyone knows about this trend line. I don't really trade trend lines, but I am aware of them, right? I do look at some patterns, um, especially on the bigger time frames. I like them. The bottom line, though, is that, like, if you can't ignore this. And I feel like a lot, I have to say, like, I'm, I'm open to either direction where we're going here. The thing is, uh, the Fed has not changed what, you know, they haven't changed anything officially, right? I haven't, you know, and that's kind of, that's where I think a lot of us messed up uh, back here, you know, uh, beginning of the year, end of, end of uh, two years ago, I guess you could say now, but, um, you know, a year ago, right? Like that was um, the Fed and some people, and I, you know, obviously now being on, being exposed to, to the amount of professionals and people with more experience, some people did recognize this, that the Fed was going to tighten rates and the market was going to dump. Um, I don't know if everybody got the timing exactly right, but at the end of the day, I look back and I'm like, look, we have to, uh, you know, you have to listen to the Fed. And the thing is, that hasn't changed yet. I haven't heard anything. Um, and then I see this on the chart, right? And I'm like, look, there's just, you know, long-term trend line that we've poked through once and we got immediately, you know, we got rejected. This is a weekly chart, by the way. This is SPX uh, 500 USD, right? Um, so this, and you know what? I should just use the ES. This is an Oanda. It's a, it's a pair. It's a CFD. Uh, the reason I chart this is because it tracks SPX's price, um, no matter what time, you know, it, it's within a dollar or two of it um, all the time, right? Um, it, it varies very little compared to ES futures, right? The E-mini futures for the S&P, uh, that depending on what time of the, uh, you know, how long the contract, the futures contract that it's, that it's on is, uh, you know, it has been, the price obviously can deviate from SPX spot, right? And during the day, I trade a lot of SPX, um, whether it's zero DTs or, you know, or, uh, you know, next week's, whatever. Um, I trade a ton of SPX. And because SPX is only open from 930 to 4 Eastern time, right, it's only it's only moving for cash open. You have none of the the after hours movement, you know, pre-market after hours, obviously, overnight. Um, and that's that's problematic. I mean, there's, you know, so anyways, this is this is what this chart is. But it's, it looks exactly the same as yes. So if we go to. Uh, I'll just show you real quick. The, um, you know, the ES literally looks the same, right? So it's the same chart. Um, it's just a little bit different price, but it, it keeps it closer to SPX. My point here, I guess, not to deviate too much, is that this is still in play, right? I mean, and I get people, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm, one of the things I learned early on or saying that, that I heard, uh, and again, like this isn't my saying, I don't remember who said it, but it's like you don't have to be the first person on the train. You just want to make sure that you're you're on when it starts moving, right? And that has saved me a lot of money. <laughs> um, it's always great to get the best entry, um, and you know, and even with the macro sphere, right? And I, I do want to kind of like I know that was your question. I want to kind of stay on that. I'm still I still personally subscribe to the fact that yeah, you can dollar cost average in, right? Um, the issue that I have with dollar cost averaging in right now is because if you go back to, this is where I think charts are really, you know, really important. You know, this is a weekly chart. If we go back to, uh, you know, the peak of 2008, 
right? Or even let's say, let's say even down here, right? The second peak, you know, that was on uh, August of 08. Let's just say we didn't get back to uh, yeah, January of 2011. I mean, that's not as bad as from peak to peak, but from peak pre from pre uh, pre 2008 peak, you know, all the way over to here is five and a half years. Right. Um, I don't want to be buying up here just randomly. Uh, you know, I want to be aware of like where I'm buying and obviously multiples matter. Um, you know, the what the company is doing, some companies didn't come back. I mean, you hear people talk about and not everybody, of course, but, you know, that um that, you know, well, the market just always goes up, right? And it's like, yeah, it does, but companies don't, obviously. So I'm, I'm very much like aware of the charts. I do not want to be stuck in a situation like this um, to where I'm just kind of averaging down because life changes, like things come up, right? I have three young kids. I know a lot of people, you know, to, for me to be like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna benefit. I mean, some, right? A little bit is fine in the background to, uh, you know, to say, you know, this is my retirement down the road. But that's not, you know, I'm doing this for a living, right? I want to, um, I, I mean, I don't need to day trade every day to do it for a living. Uh, you know, it's working out great right now because of the volatility. But, um, you know, if that changes, I'll, I'll shift my, my strategy. But I, I, I'm, I don't know, I don't want to be the guy to, to just kind of buy in and then be like, hey, I had to wait five years, right? So if something comes up or I want to experience, you know, I want to be able to make some serious money now. And it really comes down to um, capital, uh, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> I lost my, my word, but you know, how much money you have in the game um, and available, right? Like, uh, I can't, I don't know why I can't think of the word. Well, I'm, I mean, I know a lot of, you know, a yeah. lot of, uh, a lot of trade are not traders, investors just say it's more as it's more time in the market opposed to timing the market. I mean, you're not saying necessarily to time the market. But what you're saying here makes a lot of sense, right? Like, I mean, if you are investing at the peak of a bubble, right, it's going to be downhill for the next couple of years. And it's going to take a long period of time to, to reachieve those gains, right? Um, so, I mean, I, I agree with you here. I think like a lot of people kind of saw the, you know, the, the COVID crash, right, in 2020, Um and saw it like dip down, maybe, I don't know the exact numbers of how much it dipped down, but they saw it run quickly back up within like a few weeks. Um, so 36. I mean, like it's, yeah. So a 36% dip, you made that all back. And now it seems like we're kind of slowly chipping our way back down to, to where we started. And, uh, you know, but, but like with that scenario, right in 2008, we had a down market for a few years, Right. So it, it took like what, like, I think it was like eight years after 2008, if you invested at the top to kind of get back to where you started. Um, or was it even yeah. less time than that? Oh, two, 2008. Yeah, no, it was five. Yeah. If you, if you invested, you know, if you got in at the, uh, at the pre, so like if you got in here, um, sorry, let me, but yeah, it was, uh, so if we got in, you know, if you got in at the top, let's say, now obviously most people didn't, but if you waited yeah. for that to come back, right. You're talking, you know, you're talking, you know, here, which is, uh, I mean, October of 07 to April of 2013. I mean, that's, yeah, that's so a long five years about. Yeah. And, and here's the kicker. If you were back here in 2000, I mean, this is the indice, right? This is the index, of course, individual companies, you know, some did really well. Some obviously didn't come back. I mean, you know, uh, it was G and, um, you know, I mean, there's, I know there's a bunch of names that are still around. 
but price-wise, they're just, you know, they were shot. But looking back here in, in the old, in the, in the dot-com bubble, um, you know, that's all we, that's all we retraced at the peak of 08, as far as, uh, you know, the S&P goes. So, I mean, you don't want to, this is why, um, you know, I've taught some people um, that, you know, that were interested, that were just kind of, they, you know, they just don't, they don't look at charts. And I think, I think it's important for folks to, I mean, you know, if you have a strategy that doesn't involve charts, cool, you know, that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm okay. If you're making money with it, it's great. Um, but I tell people that are just kind of new to it. I'm like, look, start looking at the charts, right? You don't have to look at the, the small time frames. You don't need a bunch of indicators. Um, just start, you know, look at the price action, put some, can you know, make it candles and look at the price action. I mean, even the monthly here, you know, you can, you can, you start to see patterns. Um, and I think, you know, obviously I have an interest for this stuff, but you start to see where price wants to, you know, wants to retrace to. And for whatever the reason is, um, it works. It's a fractal, you know, the markets are kind of fractal. They, they want to retrace back to these levels where there was a struggle. You know, there was, uh, you know, the supply and demand was kind of balanced, but, you know, it was, it was, there was a, there was a struggle in a sense, right? And then all of a sudden you get these big moves up and away, right? Or drop. Um, I think that those are the areas, you know, that you want to focus on. And in order to see those, I, you can see those in data. I don't, I'm sure, right? But obviously the visual um, is, is huge. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm not, I mean, not to cut you off, man, I'll, uh, I'll talk and talk and talk. So feel free if you have more questions, just uh, to butt in. But no, man, that's a that's the point yeah. of these, right? Is uh, for you to keep going on, and the listeners coming here to listen to you. They they hear me blab babble enough, right? Uh, <laughs> but I'm kidding. Uh, I I appreciate that insight because I I don't think like a lot. Yeah, you know, I think everybody tries to simple simplify investing, right? They say you know, like you said, dollar cost average in. Don't really like look at the charts. Don't worry about the price. Like it'll go up eventually, right? But we're coming to a time that kind of ties me back into like the macro, right? Like you say you don't really look at the macro, but you look overall at the charts and to kind of like look at the signals. And it seems like, you know, the signals as far as like macro wise that are pointing to is, is a recession. You know, we could have an argument whether or not we're in a recession or not, you know, they've obviously changed the definition of a recession since this whole thing has kind of gotten started. But it seems like it's a time that, you know, can be very difficult to, you know, not only like position yourself as a long-term investor, um, but, you know, uh, be a trader. So, um, you know, I guess my question to all this is like, all right, how are you kind of preparing yourself at going forward, knowing that there is a, you know, pretty good potential of a recession coming up and that the stock market isn't going to be, you know, all, all peaches is the, and daisies as it was for like, you know, a decade. I know you didn't invest for that entire decade. You just kind of got started in there, but it seemed like, yeah. you know, for a good period of time, you could throw money at any stock. You can like literally, like, I, I know we had, uh, you know, even, yeah. even in the COVID run up, we had Dave Portnoy from uh Barcel sports. I think he was just like rolling dice and just, uh, getting tickers based on like what he was doing on those dice and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah. you know, like there, there was people just doing that and making a lot of money on that. And so, you know, w with that all said, and that little ramble that I went on, uh, how are yeah. you kind of positioning yourself and preparing for a potential of, you know, a long winded downturn? Yeah, no, it's a great question, man. And, and I mean, this is, I know I was just doing this as you were talking. Um, but you know, if you look like it's, it's at least 10 years up, you know, it's 
10 years from if you were conservative and waited for the recovery after 08 uh, to get in, let's say you got in in, in old, like 2011, you know, you had you did have a decade. So a minimum of a decade of, you know, in the long term hold worked out. Um, I think one of the things, you know, so there's I do have and I, I do have a bit of a plan as far as my long, you know, my long term strategy, uh, when I want to really start getting into things. Um, and uh, I'll get into that for sure. The what drives this something that I learned uh, that was explained to me or I heard maybe it was in a space, but it was it became very evident. It's like you look at traditional monetary cycles, right? There are market, you know, there's market cycles, but then there's these monetary cycles uh, that you know some some talk about, and uh, it's like they they normally take. I mean, a market cycle, a true market cycle, <clears throat> that's you know that has to do. I mean, that's that's really based on inflation, right? Not just um, not something like COVID, or I'm sorry, not inflation, but uh, interest rates, right? Um, you know what the Fed is actually tweaking. You know, inflation going up, they raise interest rates. And adjust that that takes a long period of time and i think you know the way it was explained to me is that it's like look we've, we've been conditioned i mean obviously if you were involved in 08 uh you have some experience of a longer you know a longer cycle but um but if you look you know even even back what was in 2018 uh there was this in 2016 right or that when did that pop off anyways you know these these tended to bounce back pretty quick right I mean, these are monthly candles, so obviously, you know, there's some time involved here. But we're talking like traditional uh, recessions, you know, take take years, right? Um, you know, minimum like of 18 months to start seeing like the real effects from it. And that's something I think that uh, with all the new investors, right? Unless you, I mean, even someone like me, right, who has been in the market, you know, I, I didn't experience 2008. I mean, I was alive for it, I remember it, but not, you know, not from my perspective that I have now. And uh, and I think that um, if you're not aware and thinking like, hey, you know, what I what we've been used to is not the same, right, as what we're experiencing now. The market is shifting. And the bottom line is that like what the Fed is doing with, I mean, we've had crazy interest hikes, you know, interest rate hikes. Um, and, you know, I think a good example is what happened with the bond market, you know, this past, you know, this over this last year. I mean, you know, prices like they didn't correlate or they didn't, you know, they didn't have that inverse correlation like people thought. You know, a lot of people got 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 screwed, really. I mean, they, um, you know, their hedges didn't work out. So um, I think that it's a good it's good to recognize that things are changing. Right. And that's why I go back to that. Um, you know, I go back to that uh, that saying, like, you don't have to be the first person on the train. Just make sure, you know, make sure you get your ass on it when it's starting to leave. Right. And what I mean by that is literally that, you know, don't I don't need I don't care about catching the bottom of a bounce. Uh, for for anything longer term, right? Something that I want to get in long term. I want to see a base, right? I want to see at least on the weekly. I want to see a real base, um, and we can, you know, I guess um, let's look at Apple because Apple's probably a good one, right? I can just delete these. Um, all right. So, anyways, you know, here's this is Apple, and I guess the thing is, <clears throat> I look at this and I think this thing is so far overextended. It had, I mean, it's come down a little bit, right? But it's not, I don't know, it gave out a, a bit, you know, the last month, couple months, but um, but I think it should come down more. I look at this and I'm like, look, I don't see a base here, right? I see, it looked like it started to form a base and then it broke, okay? I can look at this chart and I think anybody could look at this on a weekly and say, 
hey, look, you know, I know that this is 2020, right? And obviously, so the peak was right around 82 bucks. Um, it's at 133, right? Um, you know, the high obviously was 180. Like that's, it's, it's, yeah, it's up there still. And I understand, you know, conditions change. It doesn't have to come back to pre-2020, but um, that wasn't that long ago, right? It's not like we're saying in 2010, you know, it was, uh, you know, at, at 80, 80 bucks. Um, my, my, my point is, I guess, I see something like this and then I see Apple break. And I know Apple is a big, you know, it's, it makes up a huge part of the, uh, of the markets. I mean, obviously the Dow and the energy sectors, you know, they tend to be a little bit different, but, but Apple, you know, when Apple crashes, um, most of the markets, you know, markets follow. So the, this is what I'm looking for basically is I'm like, you know, two things or well, more than two, I guess. But the main thing is the Fed hasn't changed. We're still raising interest rates. I don't, you know, I think we're just starting to get to the amount of time that, um, you know, where we can see some of these longer term effects and see how they're actually going to, you know, how they're going to affect us. And the market is not the economy, obviously, right? Um, I love how the Fed talks about, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Main Street, right? Like, you know, Main Street compared to Wall Street. It's like, I mean, honestly, my, I'm of the opinion that the Fed cares about Wall Street. I mean, that's, that is, I mean, and it is the financial markets. It makes sense. It kind of, you can't have the financial markets collapse and not have that impact the economy. Um, you know, there's, there's huge, obviously huge amounts of retirements and just funds, everything's leveraged, you know, to the hills. So um, it makes, like, I understand why, but I also, I don't like this idea that like, you know, uh, the Powell's really only thinking like, you know, he kind of puts it off across that like, He's thinking about Main Street, right? About these businesses. We heard that during COVID, <clears throat> and uh, meanwhile, all they're doing, you know, they're jacking, jacking up, you know, printing money, whatever you want to call it, and um, and here we are, kind of reaping the, uh, you know, paying the piper. So what I I, I see all I know all of that's going in the background. Um, you know, I look at, you know, I take my expertise in the charts, and it's like, look, I can find bases, right? We won't we don't won't go into that a ton today because I mean this is. We can do that, I mean, if you want, but, um, you know, even at a future date, you know, going more of the technical side, but, um, but it's all on Twitter. People like, you know, come to the spaces and hang out. I mean, definitely people come, come hang out with us. Uh, I'll push it up a little bit there. The, uh, but, you know, the thing is, I, I want to, I, I don't, this is, this doesn't look healthy to me, right? I think that there's more downside. And when we look at something like, um, let's look at SPY, right? Oops. I got too many different uh, charting platforms. You know, I look at this and I'm like, it is starting to come down, but I, I really think that we were going to see another leg. And at that point, I, I that's when I would start. I, I want to see a base. Um, I will say this. One of the best strategies you can do if you want, if you want to have money in the market, you know, long term, besides the day trades, um, you know, or even you could call this a short term trade. But when we get these big moves down and we make lows, you just start buying a little bit. And then if you see a base out over a couple of weeks, right? Like this, this last base that happened September, October, you know, it took what, one, two, three, you know, three weeks of, of, you know, kind of settling out two, three weeks. And then that fourth week, we, um, you know, we obviously got started to get the push up. Even if you wait for that initial push up and you buy in a little bit, um, you can ride it up. Cause then at that point, it's like, Hey, if this is, if this is it, right, this is the breakout. Good to go this is it this is the bottom then hey let's you know you're, you're fine you already you're in as it comes up and actually confirms that you can uh you know you can get back in and i think what people aren't realizing that are extremely bullish moving forward is that 
when you look at the charts, um, and I know individual companies are pumping, and that's great. Like, I mean, I, when I see meme stocks pump, I'm kind of like, I'm a little suspicious, right? I'm like, this is not, this is just hype shit. It's like people think 2020 is still here, except, you know, we can have the mentality and the, the market participation of 2020, right? 2021. Um, but you're not, you don't have the back, you don't have the companies, you know, getting that, that, that free money, right? Or that, you know, uh, interest free, you know, I mean, it's free money is what I call it. You know, they, people are getting loans, uh, startups. I mean, my wife is in that, uh, that's, that's her area of work is in, you know, she's worked for, for multiple startups and, um, you know, some are surviving, but a lot aren't, you know, and uh, if their product is kind of half-assed, then they're gone. You know, they survived before. I just feel like we're, we don't have that. Like the, the, the companies don't, they're not going to play their part. And that's why I think every time we see a push up, it gets sold off. I, you know, it's like, we didn't, we got, if you'd bought in here, we pushed up. Well, we didn't break out, <laughs> you know, we didn't actually get that move up where we get a, a weekly close, much less a monthly close, but like over some of these key levels, something like that trend line, even, right? Much less a, a horizontal level, which is my bread and butter. You know, I can look at this candle here and say, look, there's weekly supply right here, you know, based on this August 8th candle, right? So when we get, you know, if S, if SPY got up to, uh, you know, to 414, 415, let's say, um, that is a key, key area where I would go short because the risk to reward is there. But if you're an investor, you're saying, okay, I want to, you know, I bought in. Well, I want to see that get broken through. And when I see it stall out like it did, you know, back here in, uh, in November, and we fall off a cliff like this, uh, yeah, we didn't fall all the way down and make new lows, but it doesn't matter in my mind. Like it's, this is, this, this uh, double step has happened, you know, enough times and we see it in previous market cycles, right? Where we look back and, you know, we see that, I'm sure you've seen the charts where there's correlations where you have, you know, where they're matching up, you know, this is what it looked like. I think the 2008 uh, uh, overlays, you know, the percentages are different. Maybe the time frame is a little, uh, is definitely different, but the, um, or I'm sorry, the percentages are the same though. You know, it fits, it's almost like a perfect fit. And I mean, past, you know, what happens in the past does not obviously indicate the future, but um, if you're, if you can't ignore that, right? And, and especially saying that, look, what drove us up here, much less 2020, but all of this, right? I mean, all of it, this whole, this whole run, I mean, it's, you know, all of that is, it's changing. It's not gone, but it's changing, you know, and they're drawing the liquidity out of the markets. And I think that's one of the biggest things with the macro that, um, that is important is to, you know, kind of shed the, uh, you know, you can short-term trade um, all you want, right? And I, I know like energy bulls are doing well. People are, are loving it right now, right? Like people are still doing, you know, they had a great couple days, a great week. Um, I did put out a tweet that I'm like, look, I know people are doing victory laps, but it's like, why, you know, we haven't gone anywhere that we haven't been before, right? We're back to this, this damn trend line. This is what we've done every time we rally up. Everybody kind of, you know, starts to get bullish. You hear, you know, how, how well it's doing. Like there isn't going to be a recession. And I know there's positive data. And then all of a sudden we roll over. And it's like, I'm not, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Um, or I don't know if that's the saying. Maybe it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But the bottom line is that I'm like, look, I would rather it be short up here, right? Or locking in profits or setting a, a tighter stop. Because if you're buying for the long term in, you know, in, in a recession that we're not even sure if it's starting, you want to argue whether it is or not, but you don't know the uncertainty is there, right? It's like, I wouldn't, you know, you can buy for the long term, but I would set, I mean, personally, I'm like, I don't care about taxes. I mean, I care about taxes and, and managing your, your tax 
you know, uh, exposure. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm not going to let a position, um, you know, especially as they get bigger and bigger, go to shit because, you know, um, I'm, you know, I have to focus on this idea that like I'm, I'm a long-term investor and I'm not just going to, not going to let this like stop out. It's a mentality. I think that people get caught up with. I just, I don't know. It's not, not for me. Um, I, anytime I get into something long, I've, I've gotten stopped out here, you know, but the thing is I've locked in profits from it. Um, it's been, you know, it's been like one of the best, you know, year, honestly, this year has been this, this last year, uh, was better than, uh, for me than any other year, uh, of my career. So, you know, I think part of that goes, you know, uh, you know, says that like the strategy, the, the methods that I use is, is effective. Um, and you know, I'm teaching it to people now. Uh, we do have a discord, a private discord. Um, you know, there's a YouTube channel and then obviously the, the Twitter spaces where we, you know, I talk about stuff all the time. People can come up, you know, I'm, I'm very open about it, but the, uh, but the thing is those people that I'm teaching are making money. Right. And that's, that's really the, uh, this confirmation that I love to see. Um, it's, it's kind of like, look, if that's like, if it's working in this market, I, I don't know. I, I kind of lost my train of thought maybe a little bit there, but the thing is, I'm like, look, don't, don't get caught up. I, I hate seeing people caught up in this mentality that they have to be a certain way because the market has changed, right? The key here, the only reason I'm in the market is to make money and same reason with you, right? And most people. So, so anyways, that's kind of my, my macro take on it. I, I pay attention to it. I respect everybody and I love the discussions. A lot of times I just listen, um, you know, but I think, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's like watch the Fed, right? Um, and in the meanwhile, like make some money, right? Especially if your long-term portfolio is getting hacked and hammered. Um, you know, you, it doesn't have to be me. Come learn, come learn from somebody, right? So Exactly. And I think like, you know, as we're going along this, exactly like you said, a lot of people are just like hanging on every single word Jerome Powell says and like the market, it can't be sustained like this. I mean, just one man has all this power, right? As a, uh, you know, that, that Kanye song goes. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, you did mention, uh, you did mention something that I want to ask real quick to kind of wrap up this whole thing is yeah. you brought up the, the, the meme stocks and kind of like, you know, everything that's mooning and everything like that. How do you avoid kind of jumping into something like that? And like, as somebody that's a trader, you know, I, we don't have to dive into like a full technical analysis or anything like that, but how do you avoid something where it's like, you know, that these game stops or something like that? Or do you actually try to jump in on some of these like YOLO GameStop kind of trends? Yeah. I mean, so I have no, I have no problem trading them. Um, I don't trade all of them. I don't, you know, I don't chase it. Um, but I, I look at it as a, I mean, here's the thing. If you, if you can structure, my whole thing is that if you can structure a trade, right. Um, in, a, in a way that minimizes your downside and gives you a good risk to reward, right? You can say, okay, look, if it breaks this level, I'm out, right? Um, obviously, that's your stop. But, uh, you know, and then you have a target, even if it's multiple targets, and at least, you know, it's like when I get up to this level, I'm going to tighten up my stop, right? Or I'm going to take off half my position or two thirds and uh, whatever that is. If you can structure a trade, I don't care what the ticker is, right? I don't care what, you know, what the, what it is you're trading. Um, you know, it could be coin flips still, right? If I could structure a trade around it, I will. But it's all about the risk to reward. So that's, I mean, that's number one, how I look at it. Um, I think that you can trade meme stocks. You can make some killer money on it. Uh, 
you just have to know, you have to understand like what it is you're trading. And the thing is, what has worked really well with meme stocks is buying, uh, you know, either buying shares, right, of commons, or what I, what I prefer to do is to buy leaps, right, when they've crashed, when they've come down. You buy something that's a year or two out, right, or, you know, a year has worked so far, um, but you don't know, right? And the bottom line is that it's like, look, that, you got to figure that could go to, to zero. I mean, the company, you know, the companies could go out of business. They could get shut down. I mean, there's, you know, you know, there's a lot of risk involved with that. So, you know, the cool thing in this market, though, this is what I tell people all the time that, that trade with me. Um, I'm like, the beauty of this market is that because of the volatility and the big moves that we see, right, you don't need as much capital as you used to to get the gains that, you know, we want, right? So it's like you just, I think that's what it gets missed in the hype is that we all kind of, uh, you know, we think like, oh, man, I'm, you know, this just went, you know, 120%. Um, that's what I need to get. Right. And I, and I like, you start doing calculations in your head and it's just, it's a trap, right? It's like, look, it's a, you got to look at it, like cut your risk in half, right? The amount your, you know, your position size, cut it in half or even like a quarter. Right. But if it's going, if we're already in a, in a market, that's kind of like six Xing everything, well, you're going to still make out. Um, and that's how I look at these is that it's like, you know, the meme stocks, especially, uh, if I see something's moving, I have no problem momentum trading. Um, I don't really do penny stocks, but, uh, but you know, I, I made a ton of money off AMC and, uh, and GME, you know, back uh, in 2021. So, you know, I'm not against them, but I do think you have to be aware of what you're trading. So I don't know if that, you know, and, and honestly, if you're a new trader, um, the, the issue right now is we have so, like people are kind of uh, tainted, right? <laughs> They're kind of damaged by the fact that social media has blown these up to the point that like by the time even if they're learning it correctly like how to manage your risk like you either have an interest in that or you just like no fuck it i'm gonna put down you know i got 300 bucks i'll throw this on on a play and see what happens and most of the time they get smoked unless something maintains i mean you know these meme stocks will stay up for for days at a time man i mean it's pretty wild so so i don't know what's yeah, your thoughts sure. right what are your thoughts? I, on I mean, honestly, like I'm not, I'm not much of a trader. I try to learn and uh, like listen to, to you guys and, and other traders as, as well, because I think there is something to learn as like the cycles of, you know, just overall and just kind of like you, what we were talking about earlier, right? Like, I think it's a really interesting time where we're going to be kind of down for a little bit. And people just thought like, Hey, you know, the bottom of the COVID crash, they're going to shoot right back up and they didn't really think about, you know, the long-term consequences of the fed printing all that money and just basically giving away free cash. Uh, but I mean, like the meme stocks, you know, I'm not going to lie. I tried to get in a little bit of, of GameStop because like one of my buddies and like, that was like right when, I don't know, like I was learning about it. I was just kind of starting to put out content and I'm like, well, like everything that I've like studied for the past, four or five years now means absolutely nothing. And so I kind of had this moment where I was like, what the hell? Like everything yeah. that I've kind of just been going through, listening to all these smart people that have been very successful. I'm having friends make like a shit ton of money off of just like reading a subreddit. And so uh, I'm like, all right, well, yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll try it. And then I got kind of got caught into it. And that was, you know, you know like, I feel like, you know, as for me personally, like, all right, well, I, I had it one time, I got into one of these YOLO movements. And now I'm out and I, I can see the other side. And I didn't throw a bunch of money at it, luckily. 
Um, but you know, like I understand kind of, I, I guess the ins and outs of why that happened and like how that could potentially happen again, I guess. And so that's why I'm just like, all right, well, I'm, I'd rather just be more confident in what I'm investing in and understand that opposed to kind of getting into like one of these YOLO things where maybe I get lucky and I get rich or whatever, you know, like I'd rather take the less risk on that. Um, but you know, I, think, it, I guess to each their own. Yeah. And I think, I, I think you're, you're, you're spot on with that, man. Is that it's like, it's, I don't know. It's kind of like by, for me, it's like a, it's, it's like, Hey, if, it, if the opportunity is there and it's, and my timing is correct. Right. If I'm able to catch it and I'm not in other trades because, you know, I, I do a lot of SPX and, uh, and I trade futures as well. Right. Um, so like, you know, there's, I, I don't know, I've missed a lot of the, the pumps this, this time around, but I also don't really care because there are so many other lucrative, um, not just lucrative, but pre- more predictable. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously nothing's hundred percent or, you know, some of these can be crazy, but it's like, I can, I can find, you know, many other, multiple other tickers, much less futures and SPX, uh, that, um, you know, that even if you're trading commons, like it's a little more predictable, but the volatility is still there and the opportunity is still there. So, yeah, I don't know. They, they kind of a hit or miss with me, but, uh, that's interesting. Did you make money on them at, at all? Did you have some? No, money? I, I, no, <laughs> no I, I lost money on GameStop. So, okay. uh, I mean, I, like, I, you know, uh, and the other thing that that's kind of, I guess the rule of thumb, I don't know that from what I've just learned in my experience, it's like, once you kind of hear about it in the news and it starts to go like a little bit mainstream, you're probably too late. So, um, that's, you know, dude, that's that, just kind of, yep. And that's Twitter too. I know Twitter is a, uh, you know, Twitter is great for breaking news. Right. But the bottom line is that, um, you know, Twitter is now like a lot of people are starting to know that. Right. So like you have to be extremely fast and see for me, and I I know like we can, I won't go on forever about this, but you know, one of the biggest things about the way that I structure the the charts that I find these levels and zones um, is that I can, you know, I kind of have like some of the structures set up. Right. Uh, And then as something comes in, you know, the market starts to pump or drop or whatever I can, um, you know, I can, I already kind of have a a half game plan. Right. Because I already have these levels set on memes. It's very difficult to do that. So I don't, um, I I mean, you can find it on some, like I'm looking at GME right here, but man, this is just an up and down shit show. Right. So you either, you know, buy, honestly, look at that. If you buy it low, um, you know, buy me, I don't know, buy leaps, but, but I guess my point is like, there's, if you can't, if I can't see like some underlying structure in the chart to begin with, um, then it's very unlikely that I'll hop into it last minute. Cause that's, you know, you want, I want to have, like, if I know there's some levels and SPX starts moving or Tesla starts moving or, you know, uh, Netflix or whatever, Roku, like I, you know, I have levels on that chart. I can make a decision pretty quick. If I'm going to a, you know, a meme stock where I'm like, well, where the hell is it going to go? You know, it, well, that depends on how many people are hyped up about it. Like that's not a metric that I can control. So or that I can interpret, I should say. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like people are even making ETFs off of like how much like people were talking about or mentioning a certain stock. So it got a little out of hand there. But you yeah. know, that's neither here nor there, Alex. I do appreciate your time coming on and uh, yeah. coming on discussing a lot of like a little bit of a different conversation than I normally have. But I think it is timely because of you know, like just like we were talking about, right? Like 
you got to kind of know where you're at in a cycle, like overall, like because stocks don't always just go up. So um, I, I really appreciate this conversation and the insights you bring. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and what you got going on? Yeah, listen, thank you, man. Um, I, I really appreciate you inviting me to come on. This is uh, it's new to me, but it's been a great conversation. I'm, uh, you know, I, I enjoy talking about this stuff. So it's, uh, and it's nice, you know, I don't know, this, this is enjoyable. I've had a good time, man. So uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I'm on Twitter, Traders Retreat. So that's at Traders Retreat. Um, I'm also on YouTube under Traders Retreat. Pretty much all the social media is uh, at Traders Retreat. Um, Twitter is the main spot that I hang out. Uh, I am going to be focusing more on uh, YouTube in the future here. Um, some of the streaming stuff we were chatting about pre-market or pre, uh, pre-show. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the main thing that we do though, uh, publicly, I do have a private discord, if, you know, for people that are interested, you know, basically there was a demand. I had people come up and say, Hey, you, you teach this stuff after, you know, after market hours basically. Right. So, um, which I, you know, so I kind of evolved that in that group that I had before into, uh, into the group that we have now. And it is paid, right? I mean, I do spend a ton of time in there. Um, I think it's, I think the value you get out of it is, is well worth it. Um, but beyond that, right? I'm on Twitter spaces like two to three times a week. And it'll actually, the schedule should be tightening up more here in the future because all my kids are now in uh, school or daycare uh, starting next week. So I'm very happy about that and excited. Um, but yeah, so come on to Twitter during market hours. We're normally on. Uh, it's at Traders Retreat. You know, the spaces are awesome. Anybody's invited, right? Come up and speak. Um, you know, during if we're actively in a trade, you know, we, we tend to keep the focus on that or at least like we'll cost, you know, we'll kind of be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. But there's discussions, you know, it's, it's great for the discussions that we've had. And we've had some really great discussions over the last, uh, you know, six months. I think I've been doing it six months. Um, so anyways, man, yeah, you know, I'd be happy to come on and talk about a lot of stuff with you, you know, at any time. But thanks. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, check us out. Um, you know, it's a great group of people, even if, you know, like I said, just on Twitter, um, you know, the circles, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm lucky to have found, you know, the group, the, the levels of people that I, that I've uh, come to know, you know, so. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks a lot. sure. And definitely. Sure. Yeah, of course. And we'll, we'll have to have you back on sometime in the future again. And yeah, everybody check out his YouTube and his Twitter for sure. I mean, his Twitter is great. Um, I will post both of those two in the show notes and in the comments. So be sure to check that out. All right, Alex, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it.